Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. Now, regular listeners might be pleased to find out we've got a couple of returning guests this week. We've got Paul, who was on only a couple of weeks ago, who's joining me today for a bit of a chat about, well, television comedy and the like. Also a little bit of horror in there, just to add to the mix. And then uh, Hayden Gribble from the Diddly Dumb podcast, who we talked to a couple of times last year, who's returning today to talk about his earliest TV memories and a couple of other things as well. Hope you enjoy those. Let's get on with it and fire up those time engines and see where we end up. First up today is Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti from the Shy Life podcast, who's joining me today to talk a little bit about, well, television comedy and, uh, well... We did throw some horror into the mix, but that's just the way we are. Anyway, let's welcome Paul. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad. How are you? No, not so bad. We're, we're ticking along. Yes. Back in, back in lockdown, yeah, which yes. gives everybody a load of time to watch telly. Have you been watching any telly, Paul? I've been watching quite a lot. I've been watching a mixture of old and new things, actually. Oh. Um, Oh, you eclectic person, you. I know. Well, <laughs> watching new things is, is the more sort of <laughs> rare thing for me. I'm usually watching Are they new, things. new, or, or things that well, you've had recommended recent things? Well, no, the, the very new things have been... Uh, I've, I've been messing about on Netflix trying to watch a few things that were recommended to me. Oh, yes. Um, including the Charlie Brooker Death to 2020 um, <laughs> special, which was... Uh, very amusing um, right. and it's the right level of comedy I'm, I'm not I know a lot of people have been watching a lot of comedy during lockdown mm. but I've not been in the mood for comedy no I know what I, you mean I mean I do silly things in my podcast and that sort of seems to and I have a lot of banter with with um, other people um, mm. which is humorous so I, so that that sort of covers me for that but mm. um, I did find that because Charlie Brooker Brook is a bit cynical and more sort of Dead, dead pan sometimes yes or just daft and that was that that sort of hit the right mark so well that's the thing is finding your level isn't it i a few years ago uh, i think i've told you this before but i i was um i, I was enjoying veep mm. you know the sort of american uh yeah. thick of it that's right yes. and um i just couldn't enjoy it anymore when that man got yes. in yeah. That was we're sort of wondering now whether they're going to expunge four years of history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but what, and and I suddenly realised that reality it made it not funny. And mm. and if you're suddenly not in the mood for something, you know, it just completely goes for you. I, I was saying um, to somebody that because one of the things, one of the older programs I've been um, watching, a, a show that I watched some of years ago but hadn't finished, is, is Desperate Housewives, and that works oh, yes. well for me because it's got. 
it's got the drama and intrigue. It's got the the humour. It's got mm. all sorts of different things, and and and, and that's that's a, a way I can consume comedy. Where mm. where there's also like a psychopath running around in the street as well. <laughs> so so you know, it kind of you get one scene of one type of, then you get some humour, then you get some drama, and, and that work that 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 sort of was my best the fit. Comedy for a lot drama, of, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but well, I, I never I saw Desperate Housewives. Is it, um, I had a, I had someone I I worked with who was a big fan, but I think he was just a big fan of Terry Hatcher, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I just yeah. I do. I mean, some of it I don't think you'd better make now because um, it, it, some of it seems a bit insensitive, but mm. it doesn't hurt to to watch it as as, as a period, as sort of from that time, and mm. also the the people aren't being commended for acting mm. badly so i think there is a there is a problem with with comedy generally is that it does date i think people sometimes forget that you know i mean we we are i know we live in times where we are easily offended but i um i was a few weeks ago i was watching i got the box set of keep it in the family mm. now i always i remember enjoying keep it in the family when i was younger and uh, Robert Gillespie, you know, he's excellent in it. Don't get me wrong, but some of the episodes in it are—I thought it was recent enough. It was, you know, after the seventies that it wouldn't—it wouldn't be dealing with some of the, well, things it ended up dealing with. You know, and there's—and there's still a lot of casual racism and sexism in it, and it really does surprise you that it, you know, that it sticks around. But then people point out that that sort of casual racism and sexism was sticking around into the. 2010s you know mm. you could see comedies that were a bit dodgy on that score 10 15 years ago and to be frank even more recent than that um i, I found that about when i watched man about the house um mm. that although it's the main characters are quite liberal that they're still not as liberal as, yeah, as they're 70s we would be now they're yes. 70s liberal which is still yes. kind of relatively yeah. homophobic in, in um, um or at least mocking if not oh, yeah, if not yeah. sort of like yeah. hateful but uh, yeah I think I found it. I could I could watch it, but um, the friend I was watching it with couldn't. So it's very much sort of you know when you watch these things, whether you can sort of guilty uh, pleasures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've also been watching a show called Sweet Home, which is a South Korean horror type thing about all these characters. Oh, there's been an apocalypse, and there's all these people trapped in this block and you just see the characters that are in this block of flats and it's not zombies but it's sort of monsters and it's yeah. quite interesting animation I don't quite know how they've done it it, it almost looks like stop motion but I'm not quite sure because like but it's 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 hard to it's hard to explain I've only seen one episode but it right it, it was sort of yeah I definitely watched some more but maybe some of these shows one episode at a, a time is, is is enough some some shows mm. you want you you want to watch two or three in a row and some it's just like Okay, <laughs> what, so what where did you, where did you find that? That was Netflix, um, right? But well, I mean, was it recommended to you? Or... Yeah, uh, well, I think it was in the top ten most watched um, of, right. of of new shows, um, mm. and uh, I mean, it's it's dubbed. So I, I mean, I like subtitles. Yes, yeah, yes. I like subtitles as well. Mm. I like dubbing, but I'm so I'm quite happy to to watch either way. But th mm. in this case, it is it is dubbed. Right, but I've also was recommended Pose, which is all about um, the the sort of drag ball scene oh, in, yes, I think in, I've seen, in the late eighties. I've seen I've trailers seen, for that. Yes. Yeah, I've seen the first season of that, and uh, yeah, that's quite a roller coaster of emotions because mm -hmm. the time it's set, and but you know, interesting characters and. Yeah. Is that is that a new new show? I mean, completely. Uh, new show. two two seasons. Right. So I think 
2018, but I, I kind of not, I, I've not watched it, um, mm. but I knew, I knew sort of about some of the background to mm. it, but sometimes if I'm told to watch something, I need to give it a year or so, and then sort of yes. come to it from a different direction. Um, because well, I think that's not the worst thing. You like your horror stuff anyway, don't you? I mean, but there's an awful lot of good stuff coming out of Korea and, and that part of the world at the moment. You know, I mean, there was the, uh, was it Parasite, the um, Oscar-winning film last last year yeah, you know. yeah so there's some very interesting filmmaking going down there i still think we'll end up remaking it badly over here yeah, but rather than actually going and watching it with subtitles i think people are still resistant to subtitles which is a bit of a shame but yeah are you in the in binge watch phase now i'm in binge watch phase at having received from australia my um sons and daughters season oh, one box yes, set yes. um because that took about a month to wander its way over and i some days i've been watching a disc a night which is about seven episodes but they go right. so quickly they just speed through and you're mm. on to the because they're only about the length of it. it's like watching a seven part doctor who or something it's, oh no absolutely we um it reappeared on netflix uh for the first time in a while the american office mm. And there are 201 episodes of The American Office. Mm. And we found that in the blink of a weekend, we watched 41 of them. <laughs> uh, we'd gone, we were sort of halfway through season three without even realising it. The first season yeah. was only six, but after that they were like 20-odd 20, 20 in a mm. year. And so suddenly we realised we were up to episode 40-something, and we thought, how did that happen? You know, But of course, <laughs> it doesn't play the credits, and it just sits there, and they're only 20, 21 minutes. And then suddenly, so three in an hour... You know, two or three hours, you've watched nine episodes, you know. So, yeah. so And the binge watch is a funny thing like that. We also did that same with Ghosts yeah, series two. I mean, I, I seem to have, with Ghosts, I seem to have binge watched it. <laughs> there you go. There's a nice tongue twister for you. <laughs> Both years, I, I sort of ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, and then suddenly watched all six. You know? Yeah, I do have the first season, but I tried to watch it over the first lockdown, and it was mm. too, too comedic for me at the time. So I'm Yes. Well, this is it. You do have to be in the right place. I mean, I, as as you know, I tend to have more of a propensity for watching drama than watching um, light entertainment, you know. And I still look at these stacks of DVDs I've bought over the years and think, nah, there's still a lot there, yeah. you know. I mean, I've, I've got a couple I think you've recommended to me. I think Shadows of Fear and um, yes. uh, I've got Hammer House of Horror there still in its cellophane, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think they were both from conversations with yourself, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so it's all your fault. I'm pa- I'm bankrupt. It's all your fault. That was when I could afford these sales. You know? I've still got to watch the episodes of Shadows of Fear that I didn't see, or that my skybox mucked up when I was recording mm. them off um, talking pictures. Mm. But uh, uh, one of the other things I've recently picked up, uh, I've been reading Paul Merton's autobiography. Oh yes. Um, and and I came, I got to the point where he was talking about the show, the sketch show, Paul Merton, the series that he did for Channel 4 in like okay. the early 90s. And I found that I could get it from Prime digitally to watch immediately. Mm. So it was apparently it had been released recently as a two-season box set, but oh, right. um, he's been allowed to remove sketches he didn't like. Or, oh, okay. Which um, some people had sort of said, well, but I like that sketch. Mm. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd go for the... Well, we the, are fans of... As broadcast, aren't we, really? Yeah, That's the well, thing. Why yeah. I thought I'd download the digital mm. version, which I wouldn't usually go for digital, over, mm. but I'd rather see the series and make my own judgment. Um, mm. 
but I also picked up the Gordon and Simpson two season series he did where he did um, some Hancock and some oh, other yes. some other things. So mm. I haven't received that yet, but they are not particularly well regarded in Hancock circles. But yes. uh, I can see why they did it, and uh, I, I remember seeing them at the time. I don't think they were that bad. Really. Yeah, well, I also, mean the problem with anything like there's a lot of Gordon and Simpsons comedy hasn't aged well again it's another one of those things but uh, some of it has but some yeah. of it hasn't you know but it's not that much you know having read his book there wasn't that much um other than going and watching have i got news for you and things there's not mm. a, that much you can you can watch by involving him so i kind of went for the things that i yeah. like cause i felt oh, i'd kind of like to revisit yeah. um you know having enjoyed the book yeah the sketch show is a funny beast though isn't it you know, I mean, I've I enjoy I still enjoy the Armando Iannucci series he did for Channel mm. Four. The uh, I particularly like the Home for Middle Aged Men sketch. I still think that holds up. You know, yeah. and I watched that a few few years ago. But there are things that I I was a big fan in in the day of Alexi Sales stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, and Alexi the Alexi Sales series. But but other sketch shows I've not I don't find quite as engaging. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. When I was at school, the Vic- Victoria Woods original series. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, they uh, still uh, held up, of course. And, yeah. and also the, the early seasons of French and Saunders and and Fry and Laurie as well. Mm. In fact, we ha- my friend Harry and I, we had sketchbooks from, I think, from Fry and Laurie and possibly French and Saunders. And then our lunch breaks, we'd go, We had, there was this little... It wasn't the common room in the sixth form, mm. but it was this little library that not many people seemed to use. And, and it, it wasn't like a library library. It was just a, a room that had books in that was a, a mm. lost part of the school. But we used to go up there and, and take, well, I'm going to be Jennifer this time. I'm going to, I'm going to be Dawn mm. or I'm going to be Hugh. I'm going to be, mm. and we just take each part and we just, we just enjoyed playing, playing. The yes. session, but a lot of it's, it really is in the, in the quality of the writing. I think Victoria Woods writing still shines through but i always found things some of the things like uh big train or mm. um what's the, fa- the fast show wasn't it the fast shows yes. yeah. and uh, but actually and even to a certain extent the league of gentlemen 10 years on they don't feel quite so funny i don't know i don't know what that's yeah. about i was a bit without television from about 92 till 98 because mm. of partly university and then living in a, a house that didn't have great reception I, mm. I did rely very much on that's the period I was watching Dark Shadows because Lisa and my, my friend Andy mm. uh, were separately recording different eras of Dark Shadows for me so I had yes. loads to watch and so I, I did rely on videos a lot in that period so I did never mm. saw a lot of the fast show I did see Big Train mm. and, and the best of that was often the visuals stuff yes. or, or like I always remember like there was this. Um, did they do the Emperor Ming sketches? Yes, I like. Yes, I think they mm. did. And they also there was one where like a boy was on a bike, but it was obviously a dummy, and they pushed it, and like he would just fall, or he burst into flames. Or, right. Um, and and that was just sort of silly, daft stuff. But uh, I wonder how it's funny that does that sort of age. Is that about the same era as Oh my God, they've killed Kenny, or is it just? Um, <laughs> yeah, it probably, probably is around that sort of time, but I can't remember what sort of came first. But yeah. No, because there are things like I mean, I know it's been re-released again, but the and it's all over Netflix and stuff. But things like Monty Python. What What's your take on Monty Python now? Because that's what fifty years old, isn't it? More than fifty. Yeah. Years old. Yeah. I, Do you think I it still holds up? I think certain sketches. Um, mm. And I haven't. I have got a, a box set of, of this i'm sure there there is probably one or two episodes i've never seen mm. so I ne- it's only recently that i ever sort of owned like a complete works sort of uh, box set but mm. uh, 
Uh, I think it's one of those things where probably you find your own sketch or, or you're looking for the sketches that aren't famous that mm. actually, I'm looking for the ones I haven't seen that I think, mm. oh, actually, this is really good. Why don't people talk about this one? But, uh, there are occasionally things with things like that where people start to treat them like they're some sort of religious texts and how yeah. dare you not like them. But I do think you have to accept with certain comedy it really doesn't age well for whatever reasons and other times it's it's fine i mean when i was at school you know people used to quote monty python at each other all the time mm. but whether or not now you'd think oh please don't okay. say those things i don't know sometimes i find not with monty python because that was relatively you know that was everyone sort of knew about it but mm. i often find that there are i think it's the same with, with often with with music bands where a, a, a band or a tv show or an, or an actor gets particularly well known at this point in their career yes but perhaps other pe people remember all the other things they did beforehand mm. and once they've gone past the point where they are sort of exalted that this isn't half as good as the stuff they did five years ago when nobody mm. was watching. And it, it is difficult sometimes where somebody gets famous and actually the material, I'm um, mm. thinking of people like Ricky Gervais and things mm. like that. You know, well, they, yes. had, they were very popular yeah. um, at one point when they were just on a, on BBC yeah. Two or whatever. But yes. everything he's done since he's been massively, massively famous, it, I, I don't think I'm in the demographic for. I, and I never really yeah. liked him that much anyway. I did, I did like when uh, Rick Mail did Kevin Turvey. Back in the was it kick up the eighties era, you know. I don't know. There's a, there's a kind of people do seem to object if you edit stuff, but actually, if you watch something like Faulty Towers now, it's oof, there are moments where you think, yeah, I can understand why you'd have to get that out now. You can't you can't do put that line in. It's it's too too inflammatory if you see what I mean. But then again, there are those who believe that you shouldn't mess with anything. So it's it's a very oh, difficult. It's a fine line you have to walk. I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's very difficult especially you know if you, you're coming to it fresh now mm. think where or if, if you've grown up with it you, you might um, you might have to double take to realize how, how uh, you know it might sound now when mm. um, i haven't watched 40 towers for a while no but, you know certainly last time i did watch it there wasn't that much that made me sort of um absolutely cringe uncomfortable or anything yeah no no. But that probably shows how long ago it was, though. Well, yeah, I, I I watched about a year ago, and it's the same. I mean, because you know you've got comedy classics like Porridge as well, but there are moments in Porridge where you just sort of you grit your teeth a bit and go, ooh, you know, maybe not. But yeah. um, like I say, people would probably just say that you're just oversensitive and that's British comedy at its best and all that kind of thing. And, I don't know. and yet, if you watch something like Hancock, how much mm. is is it just because the humour isn't? I, I'm sh I'm sure there are probably the odd comment there, but perhaps not though, not weirdly as much as there might be in Forty Towers though, because Forty Towers was a, was a more in your face type of, of comedy. Uh, mm. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I think you'd have to watch them side by side and see which which. But I think something like Hancock is a different. It's more about the characters. You know, like, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Snobbery, his snob, Tony's yeah. snobbery. And, there are a few of the radio ones that are a little bit. I suppose sexist is, is the worst yeah. part of it. I mean, there's a lot of comments about Hattie Jake's weight and things like that, which mm. probably now are a bit... You, you, well, you, you, know, you, would, you just wouldn't do that sort of comedy. But the television version is, is pretty clear. But then again, not to be too fine a point on it, it's not that multi-ethnic, no. you know. And so, so you, don't, you don't get that kind of humour because it just wasn't, it wasn't an issue because the characters weren't, uh, they weren't that diverse, you know. It's probably more class than than 
and or, also or, the time it was made. I think. I mean, yeah. the fifties is a is a little bit. People were more careful. There were, you know, the broadcasting standards were yeah. a little bit more. You know, they'd be they'd be careful about what they put into people's houses, shall we say? Yeah. I think it, again, it was the the sixties generation that maybe sort of decided to push the envelope a bit. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Be careful that there's nothing left to be funny about if you're not careful. So well, that debate keeps going on. I mean, it's 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 gone again this last couple of weeks with uh, Rowan Atkinson again, you know. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, I understand what he's driving at. The problem is it really shouldn't give you permission to sort of demonise a group, any any group. You know, and that's where the problem starts, isn't it? Because if someone feels victimised or got at, where does comedy stop and bullying start? You know, when I do silly things on my show, I'm very careful to take the make fun out myself. Yes. Because, um, or, or, or I think there's that Tony Hancock thing where he was very pompous, and I like mm. to play my fictional version of me as being a bit pompous and thinks he's better than he is, and that sort well, of thing. Well, I think Hancock particularly was you know it was the fact that he didn't get the joke and everybody saw everybody will either say i know someone like that or i'm just like that or your uncle jack's just like that or something like yeah. that and it would have a certain amount of comic value you know things that you can't never you know, that could offend anybody hopefully mm. but there, there are plenty of avenues for comedy out there it's just mm. whether you know, it's different when you do your own podcast and you can do what you like, though, compared to a commissioning TV. Well, I decided uh, very quickly to avoid comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 a profound conversation. <laughs> yes. I think I think we might leave it there. I think that, that's just a nice, nice little insight into the world of comedy. And yes. uh, it's been great to talk to you today, Paul. And yeah. uh, I hope you'll come back again soon. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for having me. Take care. Take care. Thanks for that, Paul. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Now, Hayden Gribble's returning, who was, a, who was a guest on a couple of shows we did last year, and we talked about him coming back to talk about his earliest TV memories. And uh, here he is today. You've talked to me about Doctor Who, mm. and I was just really wondering, are you a... I mean, you said your family were, but are you a general telly fan? D does the broad spectrum of television... It, it fascinates me mm. because with you being born in 89, your first memories are sort of like 20, 20 years after people I normally end up talking to. Yeah, you know I mean. yeah. Yeah, I mean, my... my yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely love TV. And actually, even as a writer, it's still one of the mediums that I will look to most mm. for pacing, you know, and for action mm. and, and, and for ways of keeping the reader entertained is mm. I, I, I pull towards... TV and film more than I do books mm. when I uh, write my fiction. It's, um, I, I just absolutely adore it. I mean, I will, mm. it's the benefit of being born, I think, in the late 80s and growing up mm. during the 90s is I've seen TV evolve yes. into what it is now, a streamable service that we can obviously, you know, watch on a multitude of platforms and mm -hmm. from a multitude of, of, of providers. Um, and I really, yeah, I have to say, I mean, there, there, there's, I think we've, We've had a bit of a golden age of TV mm. recently with the likes of Game of Thrones and Stranger mm -hmm. Things. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've absolutely adored them. and it. Uh, but I think I, I just don't have that bias, like I said no. earlier, about you know looking back at things and thinking, oh, well, that looks a bit shoddy. You mm. know, and actually one of the advantages of being on a podcast with... Uh, two gentlemen who are, you know, slightly older than myself. Venerable, venerable. 
is that is that they like can myself, recommend... I'll just like me pipe and get me cardigan. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> is that they they can recommend things to me? Um, yes, you know, and some things have fallen a bit. Flat. Like Blake Seven, I never really sort of went for that. Was, no, I, I couldn't really get into it really. Um, mm. uh, but you know, but they recommended to me last summer, I Claudius. Mm. Um, oh, so I bought well. I Claudius and I've. Uh, watched that in the space of about a week, I thought, and thought it was absolutely brilliant. I'll point you at our A to Z on that one because it's. Uh... <laughs> mm. I've I, I've listened to the A to Z episode of that huh? actually. Yeah, yeah. we uh, yeah I, th- well, I think that was I think we went on for two two and a two hours forty minutes. Or yes, yeah, it's really long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but so it, it should come with a warning at the beginning. We apologise, but there's a lot of this. <laughs> but there's but there's you know but. It, in the 90s you had stuff like The Simpsons which was an absolute mm. juggernaut which I would funnily enough I'd take to if, if I can only say one TV series to a mm. desert island it would be The Simpsons my um, co-presenter Sandy is a big Simpsons fan so yeah mm. I can I can see where you're coming from on that you know I, like, I, are you one of those people though because some people say oh it's gone off but I, I I was a bit like that with Doctor Who as well I, mm. I actually loved all of it on first transmission I literally couldn't you know, I was there through Colin Baker. I was there through Sylvester. I, you know, all the people. I, I, I'd still yeah. just no. It's Doctor Who, and it's on, and I love it. You know, and I was and I was far too old. I, to I, I, I started going off the Simpsons when it moved to Channel Four. I think when it was on mm. BBC. I think that was the first mm. ten seasons, mm. which does mean it it sort of falls in line with when people say that the quality dipped anyway. Um, but I remember when it went over to Channel Four, I just kind mm. of lost interest in the same way that I lost interest with Neighbours because there was a commercial break in the middle of it now. And I, and I remember that 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 putting me off. Growing up then in, into the noughties when I was a teenager, you had stuff like Band of Brothers and Deadwood and Life on Mars, you know, I, I, to watch as well. So you just sort of... I kind of think, are you now... Are you of a gen... I hate to use the word generation because that sounds terrible. But did you... Did the family still gather to watch television when you were when you were young or was it everybody going off and watching their own by that stage? I think when I lived at home I think pro- probably up until about the age of about 20 most of my TV I did watch with my parents I watched with mother <laughs> hmm. uh, no, that's, it's, it is interesting because you get the impression now that nobody's doing that if you see what I mean I mean that might be just that sweeping generalisation that everybody says nobody does whatever it is and you think well, well I do that when they go everybody hates this and they go I quite like it you know yeah. you can be to- totally sweeping but you do get the impression that people go off to their own rooms or sit there looking at the phones or, yeah. and, and we don't have a communal experience anymore but I think we still do I never thought there was any logic in watching the same thing as someone was watching downstairs you know if we both wanted to watch it might as well, mm. I mean unless you'd had a big fight that night or something you know it, it was mm. a bit it was you know I always watched things with my folks and then you know, okay, yeah, there were programs that I watched, you know, by myself, or you know, if I had a video or DVD player upstairs, mm. then I'd, if I'd had something taped, then mm. I'd watch that. You know, it was mainly com. I think it was mainly comedy during the nineties with mm. me, um, with Father Ted and Red Dwarf mm. and Harry Enfield and The Far yeah. Show, and mm. you know, and then I then then I discovered the Young Ones in my early teens. I thought that was excellent. So yeah you know sort of picked up then so then I just sort of magpied around all the eras when I started getting money and I could uh, you know I could start paying for them really so yeah but I suppose were you because again by then there would have been things like the uh, B Sky B and all that around Sky and everything where they were starting to show older material you see I remember very much 
Mm. I mean, I, I enjoyed the Avengers because I mm. watched the new Avengers when I was a child. And people used to talk about the 90s series, and I would, sorry, the 60s series. I'd, I'd pick up a book about the 60s series and go, oh, that looks yes, interesting. And yeah. then suddenly Channel, Channel 4, 4 and BBC something. 2 were brilliant in the 90s because they had, oh, you know, you could watch stuff like The Monkeys, mm. The Persuaders, um, which I, I really like, mm. both those, and The Avengers, which I, I think I must have missed because I don't think I've ever seen an episode of The Avengers in my life the whole way through. I, I, I'm sorry right. to say. Um, but then but then BBC Two would have the cold stuff. It'd have The Man from Uncle. It'd have Randall and Hot Kirk. It would have, you know, Captain Scarlet was on um, yes. weekdays at six o'clock, I remember. And Doctor Who, every now mm. and then over the 90s, was on there. And then, then you'd have The Simpsons, and then they'd have the more recent, you know, I said, like the current stuff then, which is like one of the Star Trek series, Buffy. Um, sliders, mm. Robot Wars, Malcolm in the Middle, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm. It was glorious. I mean, the my generation talk about six o'clock on BBC Two as being, you know, the absolute zenith of the television. golden hour. Oh, it absolutely was. It really, really was though. Absolutely. I mean, anything from about six till about eight o'clock, you could you could be welded to your chair. Space nineteen ninety nine was another one they showed. I remember on on at that time as well. So mm. yes, it was. Yeah, was so you had a real mix of current well, and current and cult. I think that was about the only slot mm. for sort of what you might call cult television throughout the 90s, really. Yeah, in, in, in sort of on the main We didn't channels, have Sky, and there, there was a situation once when I remember looking down the Radio Times mm. and seeing that UK Gold was showing an omnibus of the three Doctors. And I never thought... I mean, cause like, I, like I said, you know, I, I didn't have any money. I was only watching Doctor Who when I was getting mm. the videos for presents, which was only, you know, what, once, two or mm. three times a year, perhaps. And then only picking up the Target books because I couldn't pay for these things. I couldn't buy them. And I literally thought that that was the only chance I would ever have in my life to watch The Three Doctors. And my parents, and we knew lots of people who had Sky, <laughs> but I think my parents were too embarrassed to ring them up mm. and say, look, could you take this for our son, please? Um, mm. And they just flatly refused. And I remember actually crying <laughs> in my bedroom, sinking my um, head into my hands, and then looking up and looking up at my Thunderbird's clock that I had up on the wall in back then. Um, and it and the clock had just ticked over to like 20 past 10 or something, thinking, I'm missing it now. I am never going to watch The Three Doctors. I think actually that says a lot about how how your brain works at that age. I mean, I have I have quite vivid memories of uh, there's an LP I saw mm. in a, a shop in town, and I didn't have the money on me. I just saw this LP and I thought that's a, that. Oh, oh, I really want that. And I, I remember running home to ask my dad. And this is how my life worked. To ask my dad whether I could spend my my own money, you know, my pocket money that I'd saved yeah. on this LP. And running back, because I genuinely thought that if I didn't buy it yeah. then, it would never be there again. <laughs> I didn't realise that, you know, shops, record shops could yeah. and order yeah. another copy of something. <laughs> it's just you think, that's the only one in the world, and that's the only chance I'll ever get to see the three doctors, and it's gone. And uh... Although, obviously, that's how a lot of people experience really telling It 60s really was, and, and it's so different now, because, you know, I could just type in Google the three doctors, mm. and I'll be able to watch it on a streaming mm. service somewhere if I didn't have the Blu-ray. You know, it's, yeah. it's remarkable how things have changed. Mm. Um, it's actually quite remarkable that in terms of how disposable yes, they yeah. thought it was as well back then. I mean, being controversial, terribly sorry, but uh, you know, how they saw television as a disposable commodity. I mean, one of the things we're trying to do on the show or the programme is actually try and treat it with a bit bit of respect, mm -hmm. like any other art area of the arts, you know, and actually just talk about television 
like yeah. you talk about poetry yeah. or theater you know and it's uh, it's a thing we're trying trying out nobody probably takes us serious i'm not even <laughs> sure anyone's listening at all but, but nevertheless you know it's it's this idea that it's actually it is more important than people give it credit it was it was culturally i think people i think they f- they forget how much of the nation was really yeah, sitting together watching yeah. these things. And it does show. I mean, the fact that there are catchphrases that, that are 50 years old that still get chucked out every so Absolutely. Makes you think, really, <laughs> that actually uh, there, was, that there was a sense that everybody watched together and maybe we haven't. Well, I mean, we've gained a lot, but I think we've lost a lot too in some ways. You know? I'm sure there was a point to that somewhere. I'm not sure I've made it. T- <laughs> TV, I, I just think viewing habits evolve, really. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not... Mm. I, I look at this sometimes with Doctor Who overnights, which over the last five or six years haven't been. I, I think from, apart from that one, that that first um, no. series with, with Jodie at the helm, um, I don't think they've been very good actually mm. since the fiftieth. But over that time, you look at things and you mm. think, right, well, iPlay has gone from being only accessible for seven days to now having whole box sets on there for for months or years afterwards mm-hmm. Netflix has emerged mm. Amazon Prime has emerged uh, you know you, you've mm. got you know, Britbox you know mm. dilution of a dilution exactly yeah. yeah yeah and and of course there are illegal ways of watching things as well which people you know mm. will go down if you know mm. if so needs be um, or you know they want to well every time I suggest some old show at home it's uh, mm. can't be watching a new Netflix documentary instead so yeah oh well I'll put my, my <laughs> I'll put them back on their dusty shelves. I still watch. I mean, I I, I always have a DVD or a Blu-ray to hand. I mean, I I've been doing mm. recently to sort of have a bit of a break and make my Doctor Who marathon a bit more sporadic. I've been doing an Only Fools and Horses marathon from the start as mm. well. Um, mm. that, that, that just okay. a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant sitcom that I think still works, even though obviously dated mm-hmm. in places. But it's very much yes a time capsule of how things were. I think that program, but you know. Mm. So much. And in fact, actually, what we were saying about, you know, not remembering episodes, I'm just coming up to a royal flush, which I don't mm. think I've ever seen. Okay. Because there's an awful lot of Christmas specials. There's more Christmas specials than there are series for uh, for Only Fools. Mm. <laughs> they can be very odd. I, I was I was trying to think. I was binge watching a show. I can't remember what it was uh, earlier in the year before the lockdown. But then for various reasons, my binge watching sort of petered out of it. And I'd sit and watch six of them, and I'm I'm there and I'm thinking, what was the third mm. one again? So actually, sometimes no, it doesn't even no, sink absolutely. in on the day you watch it. <laughs> absolutely. Getting back to your Doctor Who thing, though, you picked them up. You got them at random at birthdays and Christmas. So you you really didn't have the era thing. Never. The Davidson Never. years, the Baker years. Is this now? So the geography of the series is now something that you've kind of started picking up because of podcasting. I mean, are you, are you completely random? It's the same with like Fools and Horses. You, you oh, could absolutely. watch it in a random yeah, yeah, order yeah. and it wouldn't yeah, bother I, you. I, I, could, I could pick right. an episode. Yeah, it, it, by the time I was in my teens, I'd, I had a bit of a library going on with a mixture of videos and DVDs. Um, and I was mm. plugging the gaps a lot a lot mm. quicker then. I mean, now I have pretty much got every Doctor Who because of mm. obviously disposable income. And, you know, I now work. <laughs> I, I, now, mm-hmm. I now work for a living. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's... <laughs> I used to do that. Quite, um, uh, you know, so now I, I can just watch whole eras if I wanted to. But actually, no, I, I think I'm far mm. more likely to think, mm. oh, I'm in the mood for a... In the for a John Pertwee one today, I think I'll just go. Oh, which one shall I watch? Day of the Daleks. Yeah, go on then. I've got an hour and a half free. You know, it's no, not at all. It not really at all. There, there are eras which I find 
really difficult to watch because I didn't have mm -hmm. that that doctor, let's say, to hand when I was mm. growing up. You know, I, I didn't have a Target book or a or a video. I, right. I did not see any Colin Baker until the Revelation of the Daleks DVD came okay. out. I think so. I would have been right. in my late teens mm -hmm. by then. So I've never really quite That's got on board with that era because it's something yeah, which it, I never... It didn't print itself. Yeah, it yeah, it didn't, really. it didn't print itself. And also, I think I think perceived fan wisdom over the previous 20 years before I got it, you know, may have had a bit of an influence too of being like, oh, well, I'll watch mm. it, but I know it's not going to be very good. You know, which of course is the wrong way to go into watching something. But um, well, we we beware <laughs> perceived. Well, actually, yes. Of... I mean, that there, there are. I mean, there's always going to be stories because there's so many, and there's nearly mm. is it nearly three hundred now? I think nearly three hundred stories uh, overall. Uh, um, at least, yeah. Th th there's there's stories that people can't stand that I actually mm. would happily sit down and watch, like Time Flight. Mm. I I've got a bit of a soft spot for that. Whilst Mark mm -hmm. on uh, on Diddly Dumb uh, absolutely mm. adores the Horns of Nymon, okay. whilst I think it's it's one of the worst things ever committed to screen. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Doc on the show detests the Happiness Patrol. Right. Um, but it was something I watched when I was a kid, and I didn't get it. Thought mm. the Candyman was rubbish. Mm. Um, yeah, really, just you know, could have thrown it in the bin. But actually, I'd watch it now, and it it would go in my top half of McCoy stories. There's a lot to be yeah. said for seeing things at different ages as well. Actually, I think you get mm. different things out of shows. You know, all sorts of shows. The subtle nu nuances. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, they Absolutely. They're, they're there, but you don't pick that up on them the first time round. You know. No. No, and I found it with the new series as well. You know, we we did a retrospective on on series one on the Christopher mm. Eccleston. You know, I, I'm possibly overegging him by saying era because mm. it was only one year, the mm. Christopher Eccleston year. Mm. Um, and seeing certain bits in that that you know actually were quite dark. When I found, mm. I thought it was quite family friendly, but you know, stuff like in Father's Day um, yes. are actually quite heavy subjects to deal with. Of the new series, I, I, that's the one I go back to most, actually, weirdly. I don't know why. It's, uh, mm. it's just one of those things. I, I suppose it's because it caught the imagination so mm. quickly and widely at that time, you know. Although yeah, I, I, you know, I've, got, I've got a sneaking... I, I do like my, my Capaldis. I do like my Capaldis. I know, I know, well, I know people have, have mixed opinions on it, but I do like them. Can I, can I say something controversial? You may. I'm not a big David Tennant fan. Hmm. Okay. Do you, uh, uh, the man or the, or the character? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of how he's everywhere on TV and they mm. can't seem to escape him. But as yeah. an actor, I think he's a bloody good actor. And mm. I think as a man, he's, he comes across as a very nice chap. Mm -hmm. But I really did not get on board with the Tenth Doctor at all. Mm -hmm. I've always found it a bit creepy that a man who used to be William Hartnell mm. and, and was... 900 years old mm. would fall in love with a teenage human mm. a bit creepy and that's never really been talked about much I don't think well really. I, I don't is think you can get away from this is the thing if that if that lo that idea lodges itself in your brain mm. I don't think you can ever get away from it no matter you know what no. it is it, it's this, you know you can lots of people can love a particular show but you you may you know there's something a character does in in one episode or one one you know even in one line that puts you off it and yeah, people sometimes absolutely. really cannot get beyond that at all ever you know no, no so i don't no, I, I don't I, think I, it's unusual i just I, I you know i mean the problem you have with this whole perceived wisdom that other you know 
so people will tell you this is brilliant because yeah I, I didn't like the way that he was quite self-pitying towards the end as well and mm. you know the whole where's, where's my reward oh mm. you know and all that kind of rubbish I just thought that was so self-indulgent mm. and, you know no, it's it's an it's an interesting rubbish. take, isn't it? Because you know, uh, yeah. like I say, you take things away from. I mean, so, so some somebody's just there enjoying Wilf or enjoying Donna or enjoying yeah, and yeah. and yet you know you you can sometimes just go yeah, but that's really dodgy, mm. and and the minute you've got that thought in your head, it's not going to go away. No, absolutely not. No, I I I, I actually thought that the 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 Donna partnership was the best one mm. that he had mm. because they finally had a companion who held him in check a little bit. Mm. It wasn't an abusive um, relationship. No, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Well, there you are. Exactly. Mm. Exactly that. Um, mm. And I, I also felt like he... There's a little less of the sort of Morrissey doctor going on there. Mm. You know, he dressed he dressed like Jarvis Cocker but mm. went around like Morrissey. Mm. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's a complete... It's a perfectly... You know, everybody's take on these things is absolutely valid, you know? Mm. Absolutely, but I, 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 I adored Matt Smith though, mm. and he is my favourite new Doctor. Mm. Even though, once again, quality varies a little bit, mm. but but they they do with all the series, don't Precisely, they? Really, yeah. there's always there's always you know, ones the, which are... there's no show really apart from maybe Claudius. There's no show that has can't have at least one duff one in a year. No, you know, and and that's Absolutely. part of the beauty of being a TV fan. Anyway, it's 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 being able to enjoy and appreciate something that is actually you know is mind-bogglingly bad. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, time flight being case in point. Well, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, you know, you um, you know, I mean, I I the one I actually funny enough one is one of your earliest uh, uh, videos. The one I most struggle with is Android Invasion. I really struggle with that one. As as a piece of television, I just can't get my head around it at all. It's, there's something wrong with it, and I can't can't get, can't quite grasp what it is. You know. Well, it's, and I, it's, I, I, I'll defend the Merca. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ruined by its title. Yes, I, I always felt like Terry Nation would have got away with it if it was called The Village That Slept or yeah. something. Yeah, but there's always something to absolutely adore. I mean, that opening episode is gorgeous. Yeah, you know, and. And many ways, the opening episode of Time Flight is very—it's brilliant, you know. Yeah. It's just that it kind some of these fall apart in episode three. <laughs> oh God, don't, don't yeah. they just? And and I think that's yeah. but that but you know there's a you know even I mean I've I've somewhere a long time ago I even wrote, wrote a reasonable defence of Time and the Rani. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, have you listened to our episode on that? I've yet? not heard that one. I'll track it down. I'll think it... run like a Lacertian. <laughs> <laughs> said to the tune of the bangles oh right it's, uh, okay. that, I shall seek uh, it did, out tomorrow did, yeah we did that one earlier this year and it was uh, oh god that was fun brilliant that was fun but then again yeah when they are rubbish they're actually quite fun to review well you know? there is that so, too you know it's, uh, yeah. happiness will prevail people will defend it <laughs> different Different McCoy story, but I thought, you know... Oh, well. no, it's, it's perfectly reasonable. I mean, you know, I, I, again, there is much to love in, in all of the McCoy era, if, if you know mm. where to look. <laughs> oh, there is, yeah. I mean, I, we, we're doing, hopefully, we're doing our McCoy retrospective next. Mm. When we ask we ask listeners a couple of months in, in advance mm. to give us a score, you know, to basically list their top five McCoy mm. 
this sure. time it, it was McCoy's story, sorry, mm-hmm. but uh, on other occasions it's obviously been other doctors mm-hmm. and we've got more to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we finally get around to them, we see what the, how the listeners have ranked them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be very interested to see how these ones fall mm-hmm. this time round. Well, again, the problem is sometimes people people rate them without ever actually watching them, uh, which is always, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I feel that the ones, like, we've had this thing over the years, the perceived yeah. fan wisdom, is actually you go back and watch something and you think, you know, I mean, I adore the Crotons. I think the Crotons is fabulous. You know? <laughs> I really do. I love it. And I yeah. think that's, again, because it imprinted, because it was the first time I saw a Patrick Troughton story. Ah, the Five Faces. Because of the Five Faces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. because I never thought... I, I've, I've been saying this to people, you know, generally. I genuinely grew up thinking I will never see these. Yeah. They'll never be available to me. I will, you know, the same way you had over that three doctors thing. I genuinely, at that time, there wasn't really much home VHS. Certainly not affordable home VHS. No, no. And and we just thought these things are in the vaults, and we would never see them. And, not, and nobody mm. was putting black and white stuff on the television anymore. And then suddenly, up pops an unearthly child, which was just. You know, I know people don't like the last three episodes really, but it was to me, it was just magical. I was able to see it at yeah. all. And the same with the Crotons. It was just heavenly. And I love it. And I love it to this day, probably for the same reason. You know, it yeah. imprinted. <laughs> I'm just it, like a little duckling. <laughs> when you see DWM do their top story pool or whatever, when they do the entire run, yeah, I always find it very difficult to vote in that for stories I haven't seen. Yeah. Because I've heard them. Mm. So I can I can safely say I've either watched or heard every single episode mm. of Doctor Who, but when I haven't seen them, mm. I find it quite difficult. But if if I've read them as well, then mm. that makes things a little easier. But I've never I've never really got on board with the um the reconstructions, the loose canon mm. reconstructions. No, I've, I've, I've not, I've, not the, the, I've never done a recon. I say I've, I've done the audios. I've, I've listened to all the audios, but I've not. Yeah, the audios are great. Mm. No, I, really I, I, the audios. I I find I'm quite detached from the animations as well, to be honest. They don't quite grasp me in the same way. I can be distracted. I, you know. I love them. Mm. I absolutely love the... I've just the really struggled with them. You know, I, I have them and I've watched them. But it's just, mm. I, I do find I've, I'm slightly removed from them in a way that I'm absolutely... If if the Faceless Ones episodes turned up tomorrow, I would be, you know, yeah. absolutely locked to the screen. You know, I don't know yeah. what it is. Maybe it's yeah. just I'm, I'm just better with, you know, real people you know it's just one of those things i suppose well i i i have to say i mean i'm, I'm looking over at the shelf now mm. and i you know i've got 16 patrick trout stories mm. sitting up there and you know when i used to when i used to thumb through that mm. worn television companion book mm. i had as a kid and look at all the numbers at the end of mm. the availability checklist of how many of them you were ever likely exist. to see yeah. yeah and it's utterly amazing to look at it now and mm. you know church I mean look at when enemy of the world and the web of fear came back mm. several years ago that was that was an astonishing day mm. you know i was actually sitting at name drop i was in the bfi green room okay. that day um sorry the, the day before mm. talking about a initiative that someone was trying to set up to find lost telly mm. when but actually someone else in the room said yeah it's enemy and Weber back and mm. I was like oh my god and it is a bloody miracle to be honest you know oh, yeah. when you consider yeah. how you know I mean it, I mean we got it, we could have had six random episodes from six different stories you know? yeah absolutely you know? yeah and okay yeah, that, that would have been you know 
wonderful in itself, but the fact mm. that an entire complete story turned up. A six-parter as well. You know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and the fact that, you know, that episode three obviously is still missing, but they're tracking it down mm. is the official line, isn't mm. it? So we know that's out there somewhere. Mm. Um, and even they've even said recently, I think Philip Morris said that they know that there's six missing episodes that are in private collectors' hands, mm. which is uh, amazing to think, oh my God, you know, six episodes are still out there, you know. I I, I reckon there'll probably be odds and sods from all kinds of stories, though. Yeah, we do have to consider, even even the archive we've got, though, you consider yourself, the fact that we've got audio of everything oh, for, yeah. that, for that series is, is a miracle in itself. Oh, but it's, the, it's but the fact that, you know, I mean, when you think about Dixon and Doc Green, for example, Mm. You know, 400 missing episodes out of 434, I think, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, we actually, the fact that that much survived is astonishing in itself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dad's Army's only got three missing Mm. from series two. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, remarkable that there's only three missing from that. But yeah, there's, there's a, there was a TV show called United, which had 140 odd episodes and all of them are gone. Mm-hmm. There's no record of any of them being kept. They they just went. You know, no one ever tele recorded them like they did Doctor Who or you know Steptoe or. Well, again, this know, is where it comes down to you know television as culture. You know, it's uh, mm. you know even the the sort of the gaps in Hancock's Half Hour and stuff. Just you know, you think you know this was supposed. This was one of the most popular series. I know of, yeah. of the fifties. You know, and they didn't keep them. You know. And then they start showing Bilko, and you think, well. Americans knew to look at. I know it was film. Oh, they did. But, yeah, yeah. But the Americans yeah. knew to keep it and sell it. <laughs> they didn't keep everything. The Americans, but I no. think a vast majority of the stuff that the stuff that was marketed is, is worth watching has mm. been kept. Mm. Yeah, it's all. Mm. Yeah, Bill Coe and I Love Lucy and um, I Dream of Jeannie and the Munsters mm. and the Adams Family. They're all yeah. They all still exist. So. And in their entirety, you know. And, 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 it's it is. I know. Again, a lot of that comes from being shot on film rather than tape. Mm. But but mm. nevertheless, you know, it it's still astounding. But isn't it isn't it true that all of Biddy Baxter's Blue Peter exists? I I believe so. But but basically, she put preservation orders on everything because they it it was the nature of the show that they might want to reuse bits of it. And, yeah. and I think that's why we even have any of the Tenth Planet from Monero. Although you that's could you could so the tenth of that episode four I should say but um, yeah but equally yeah. you could argue if they hadn't lent it the, that day <laughs> we might have all of it so yeah I, I think it was episode four of Dalek's Master Plan as well mm. which which they lost which Blue mm. Peter lost which mm. actually would probably I wonder if that would be one of the six that's out there um, oh it's possible can, can I ask what you think about the Blu-ray the the the, the collections that they're releasing for classic Doctor Who now oh well are, are you buying them I or? I am. I am. Um, I, I I said to myself I'd think about it, uh, but no, because I mean you want you know you've got all the DVD, but no, they're they're too. I can't not. You know what I mean. Mm. Uh, I'm obviously basically you know I've collected the Target books, I collected the VHSs, I collected the DVDs. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just yeah. the, the perfect consumer. I fear <laughs> <laughs> they know they can see me coming. I'm dreading another format coming along. 
<laughs> well, I've, I've made a promise to myself that these are going to be the last format I ever buy these on. Yes. Um, I, I, I've got all the ones that have, as they've come out. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I just, yeah. I, I, I keep thinking I've, I've got to be quick on the ordering and I keep thinking, go on, tell us what the next one is. But of course the whole... Yeah, well, they, they are working again now, aren't they? They are working mm. on them again, so... I think I think the general consensus is they will be season twenty is the next mm. one. Do you have a have a preference that you'd like to come out? I want to fill the gap between Tom Baker one and three. I want. Oh God, season thirteen. That's yeah. my favourite Tom Baker season. Mm. Yeah, I, I I would love season thirteen. Mm. I would. But I'd also I, I really want the last John Pertwee season because I just love those titles. I think they're gorgeous. <laughs> mm. But I think that I think that's one of those that's rumoured to be up next as well mm. actually season 11 so that would be I suppose and, it depends on the dinosaurs between 10, between 10 and 12 as well wouldn't it um, I think I think I'd really like to see one of the black and white series yes what they, what they would do with that are yes. they going to wait until they're all animated and then mm. release them in the collection or are they going to do what they did with the James Bond mm. collection and leave a space for a deep for a, a Blu-ray mm. you know a future date mm. um I'd love to see what they do with that. I mean, it, it's so tantalising to think that you're only two episodes away from being able to release season two. Mm. You know, and, but and yet BBC Studios have always been adamant that they can't do the crusade because mm. of the costume changes and the amount of actors involved. Mm. Um, but then you watch stuff like, you know, how brilliant Fury from the Deep was and the mm. macro and the faceless ones, recently, you know, the last year or two, mm. the ones that they've released. Mm. Um, and you do think, why can't you do that one? It's just two episodes. Surely that makes you know. Surely that that's cheaper than doing six when you've already got two that exist. Yeah. You know, in the case of the faceless one, so I'd love to see that come out. I, I think yeah, one of the one of the um, one of the black and white series would be great. Probably actually being a huge Trouton fan, I'd mm. say probably season five would be mm. the one I'd want out. Yes. Um, but then, of course, you're waiting on stuff like mm. Wheel and Abominable and... Well, season six is, yeah. is nearly all there, isn't it? It's it, Apart from Space Pirates, it's nearly all there. Yeah, and, if you, and this is the other thing. I mean, are they going to go back and reanimate those that they've already animated mm. in the past? Yeah. Because I, I kind of think, well, to me, they're complete. I know they're not, obviously, mm. but they're complete now. Mm. And I think you, you could get away with just putting them... I mean, the, the Crossgrove, the Crossgrove Hall... Um, Invasion episodes were, were brilliant. Mm. Um, I think the only one I never really got on board with was the Reign of Terror, mm. which was a bit all over the place. It was it was uh, very fast cutting for some reason. I seem to remember. Yeah, and it just yeah. didn't. It, it it didn't sort of. I, I I always say respect the original material to a certain extent. I'm not saying you shouldn't embellish, but I think the pace of it, the pace of television, you have to sort of. You know, at least I'd accept. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, you were you weren't doing fast cut to cut to cut to cut to cut to cut in that no. day era, you know. So, no, so, that, no, so I think that jarred a bit when you because it was with the live action episodes as well. You know, mm. so. Yeah, but I absolutely I absolutely adore the releases. I think they're excellent. I, mm. I would. I wonder if they're only going to do them with the classics, or if are they going to do them with the new? Because then that mm. that will be a bit of a quandary for me because mm. I do already have the new series mm. on Blu-ray. They are things of wonder when you consider when you the amount of old telly you buy that isn't restored. Um, I know. Yeah. yeah, you actually you are amazed. I mean, it's funnily enough, I was watching a very unrestored copy of uh, the 1925 Phantom of the Opera this afternoon. Oh right. Okay. Uh, and, and you just and it's, when it's all scratchy and jumpy, you suddenly think, yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, you can see we, the job that gets done is is astounding. You know, which is why I wonder when it comes to the black and whites whether they will even do them on Blu-ray actually, because mm. the clips that I saw from Fury on the on the Fury Blu-ray and mm. the, and the clips from um, sorry and the full episodes of Faceless ones. Mm really did not look up to snuff mm. on Blu-ray. And I, I think because having, they were converted from videotape to film, mm. then back to videotape using Vidfire. Mm. And then I don't know whether they've stripped that off again Upscaled and just used the film yeah. or they've yeah. upscaled it. And it, yeah. I, I think I think there would be quite a lot of... I think they'd go back to first principles. They do tend to do that, you know, but mm. it's, uh, it's a lot of work. But uh, it, I must lot, admit, yeah. pin sharp copy of Marco Polo is, is the <laughs> well exactly yeah and, and I mean with the lovingly rest, you know the loving restoration they do mm. to these things it is it, it's amazing I can't think of any other program mm. in the world where it's it's fans doing this like mm. I know Star Trek obviously upscaled the next mm. generation and they, they re- went back and redid the special effects for the original mm. series and released them but that was CBS did that mm. you know but this is this is the restoration team did it for the BBC for the love of it Mm. Yeah. Well, I obviously mm. got paid, but you know, for the love of it, yeah. generally. <laughs> Actually, come to think, I think maybe season seven and season eight might be a bit of a nightmare to do too, mm. because but, obviously you've got the the color, cro- you know, the color yes. missing and the chroma dots and what have you. Yeah, I think so. A lot of people seem to think seven's coming soon, but I think there's a lot more work on it than they realise. I, I I watched the I watched the DVDs mm. recently, and Ambassadors of Death was almost unwatchable in places. Mm. But I think the problem is that once something's out there, it's, it's, it's that thing that once it's in the world, people yeah. people forget how long it, you had to wait for it. And yeah. uh, and they yeah. just think, oh, it's there, it's fine, it can come out again. And you think, mm. Mm. You know, it, it took took a lot to get it to that stage, I think. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's interesting times, really. I mean, it's, it's, the thing is, you, you, you like I say, you, you, you write your dream lists and you think, mm, I'd quite like to see season seven. But I'd quite like to see season eleven. <laughs> but I'd quite like to see season thirteen. But then, oh, you know, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It, it, that you know, whatever they give you, you know, you're gonna, yep, bite the hand off. Thank you very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. And yeah, I think first. there's also a, a, you know, not be too maudlin, but I think there is a certain desire that um, while people are still around, you know, you sort of get them doing the commentaries and things because, you know. well, even you know, even even the classic what. Well, even season twenty six is now thirty one years old. I know. You know that's know. that's a long time ago, and it's it's. Well, someone I think uh, pointed out last week that uh, Peter Davison's nearly seventy. And you think, yeah, just is he really? Sixty nine years old, Peter. Davison. Oh my god! And you think, wow. and I thought he was the young one compared to Colin and sort of. They always said, yeah. "Oh, we're all about the same yeah. age apart from Peter." So you know, when, when we go, we'll all go together, kind of thing. <laughs> Well, it's been, and I think Paul McGann's 60 now as well, isn't he? So that's even weirder. Yeah, it's just, you know, and and Tempest and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, you know, I still think I'm 25, so what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah, you too, mate. Yeah, you Uh, too. Yeah, yeah. great to meet you. And if you want to do another plug now, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at Hayden underscore Gribble. You can buy my book, uh, Child Out of Time, Growing Up with Doctor Who in the Wilderness Years, on Amazon and all good bookstores, Waterstones, all the rest of them. Um, and you can also find myself and Mark John and Doc Whom on the Diddly Dumb podcast. And that's at diddly underscore dumb on Twitter and on all of your podcatchers. 
Thank you very much. I can tell you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew how to do all that stuff. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no problem, mate. Thank you very much. It's been a blast. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Thanks to Hayden for that. And uh, also thanks to Paul and obviously everyone at Fab Radio. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, hope you'll be back soon. Take care. Bye-bye.